What if every experience, every hardship, every obstacle was given to you, not to break you, but to mold you and strengthen you? What if the center of your suffering was actually the key to ultimate health? And what if your own pain was meant to be the catalyst for your greatest purpose? Welcome to Buddha Belly Life, empowering purpose, mind to microbiome. When you look at pain, because obviously now you work with people and you went through this incredible process of healing. And, and I think, like you said previously, that, you know, you were so strong. You were all these things. You were powerful in the corporate world. You're a powerful woman and you're all these things, right? And so you bottled up anything that can make you look weak, which ultimately your body's like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> we won't work like that. You're, you, the subconscious may think it can do that, but the body is going to talk it out of it, right? And the soul just has a need to shine through to get you to know who it is. And I feel like that's what you were speaking of before when you said the observer, right? Like the, that spirit that was in you that wasn't your thoughts and that wasn't your physical body in the state of any state that it's in. It was this, this greater you that exists for all this purpose. And um, how much, and I know how I feel about this, but the pain mind connection um, how much do you see this play out? Like the power of the mind. And I don't just mean like to heal or make pain better, but the actual manifestation of physical pain because of the mind. Like what, what's some of your thoughts on that and in your experience of working with people? The, if your mind is running the show, you will never get out of pain. It's as simple as that. You must become the leader. And what I've noticed with people is they give all their power away to the pain, but really they're giving all the power away to their mind. And their mind is just about keeping them safe with the limitations that they already have. So to me, they go hand in hand. One leads mm-hmm. to the other. So if you have chronic pain, you will end up with anxiety and depression. And eventually you'll end up with some mental health issue because you're not who you are. If you have a mental health issue, you will end up with chronic pain. It's like one leads to the other. You can't separate yes. them. The nervous system is what brings mm-hmm. them together. And the nervous system is needed for the body. And the nervous system is needed for the mind, the brain. Yep. You're, they're interlinked, mm-hmm. they're not separate. They're one of the same. They work together. We are not se- they are not separate in relationship. They work as a partnership. Mm-hmm. So one way to and we're seeing yeah. sorry the, absolutely and and I feel like we're seeing so much too of what they call what is referred to now as invisible illness, especially amongst women. You know, it's really really predominant with women, um, especially with the hormonal connections and stuff. And this sucks because again, like for that big strong woman, you don't want um, we don't want to talk about our hormones and our cycles and our childbearing because while that is, let me tell you. Women birth children for a reason. If you've gone through childbirth, like there's nothing weak about the process of of pregnancy and delivery, nor nursing and intending to an infant. There's nothing weak about it. But yet, some somehow we can get caught up in seeing this feminine the the feminine piece of ourselves is weaker. So, like you were saying, you know, we can shove some of that down, and we do see this huge. Um, and have seen this huge influx of what we call invisible illness, especially in women where they've got 
what seems hormonally connected, we've got symptoms of what may, what they go back and forth between MS, um, between uh, Lyme's disease, all multiple autoimmune conditions. I mean, everything from, from hair, weird hair loss to migraines to chronic fatigue is, is very common to different chronic pain, um, to all of these things. And the common thread, there's a lot of common threads, but is this the central nervous system and you know, I, I've talked about this book a few times, but I read a book a long time ago, um, probably 10 years ago now called When the Body Says No. And it was all about uh, a doctor who's on end of life care. I mean, so he attended to a lot of people at, at you know, at the end of their life, usually from, the, you know, cancer and things like that. And so he would interview and speak with them and just and sit with them and just talk about their lives. And he started composing um, this book on a lot of the different traits that he saw common threads in of these people that were on end of life, especially uh, people who were very way too young to have this type of, of, you know, malignant stage four cancer and be passing away at 22, um, things like that, you know? And so he would talk about their lives and it was really fascinating to see the commonality between how they held not only probably some of their like things that they'd been through, but how they held in their, how they held their pain or their, their words or their things. They weren't the people out there just letting it fly. They were the people that tended to bottle things up more and do all that, you know? And he was, he was drawing some of that. And I've never forgot that. And you're, that's what you were saying is that you bottled a lot of things up. Um, and that we have this correlation now between mental health and physical pain. They actually, I read something a bit ago too, where they actually were referring to, you know, depression as where you get, um, basically they enter a state of sickness, right? The depression is a state of sickness of the body. It, it's the same as when a person has a virus or a sickness and they need to rest and they lay around and they're, you know, they don't feel so good. I mean, that's what we do when we're sick, right? Well, they're saying this is, this is the body also signaling a sickness. It's just different than a virus per se at the time. Like, so what's your, what's your experience with some of this? You know, like I said, the mental health connection um, to pain and just kind of what that means. Like, and chronic pain induces poor states of of mental health too. I mean, that'll, that'll take you out. But um, when you're working with some of these things, Mm -hmm. what I guess, what are you doing with people mm-hmm. too? Because you're not working, like we work in gut health and we're doing you know, stuff with nutrition and lifestyle and yeah. stuff like that. And you're not working in that part. You are doing like EFT and stuff. So tell us a little bit about how you are working with the brain yeah. in the body. So the first, the first step that I take with people is that they must 100%, 100% take responsibility. They have to take 100% responsibility for their health, their life, the situation that they're in. And what that looks like is letting go of the blame, letting go of it's because of this, it's because of that, it's because of this. Yes, it is. And let's not dishonor that. But the fact is, that's not going to help. It's going to keep you in a perpetual cycle of being a victim. Victim mentality keeps you in a state of fight or flight because you think that you're being attacked. Mm -hmm. So the first thing to do, the first stage, mm-hmm. is to accept responsibility and shift everything that's in resistance of you taking responsibility. You must take responsibility. It's the first step. If you miss that, you'll just end up back in pain again. 
whatever situation or circumstance that happens outside of you, you will just blame that situation and you'll end up back in the cycle of pain. So the first thing is to take people through, take responsibility, shift the resistance. And we use EFT, we use various, I'm trained in about 150 modalities. So I've trained in a hell of a lot because what I've noticed is there's about two or three tools for each client. So each client needs about two or three tools in their tool belt and everybody's uniquely different. We're not mm. saying, yes, we all bleed. Yes, we have blood and bone. Yes, we are. We look similar. We've got skin. We've got organs. But in the inside, we are different. We're unique. We process differently. We've had different issues happen in our life, different experiences. We perceive the world differently. Therefore, different tools and techniques work for different people. So it's helping people find what works for them, not a cookie-cutter approach that this EFT works for everyone because that's not realistic. It probably works for about a good 70% of people. It's probably one of the most effective modalities out there in relationship to working with people on um, mm-hmm. in expressing their emotions fully. That's what it's about. So if you have a resistance, what EFT will do is it will allow you to express that resistance and not judge it and not impact the body. Because that's the issue, mm-hmm. is that when we're thinking all of these thoughts, we're actually putting our body through that situation. So if you have a car accident, and you go around and you tell your neighbor, you tell your best friend, you phone your mum, you phone your dad, you tell everybody, your body's going through that car accident. Every single time you share that story, your body goes through that traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. What we must do is separate the two whilst we're doing healing. So the body is not experiencing what the mind is saying and what it's expressing. And that's why EFT is such a beautiful technique because it separates the two. That. Like like differentiation. Yeah. It, it's almost like the body the body's put into a hypnotic state and it's in a, a calming state. So the body doesn't listen or hear to what is going on in the mind. And the mind is allowed mm. to fully express itself. And then you invite the body in and allow the body to have its say in regards to the situation. And that's the beauty of it. It's not just going the mind is important. It's going the mind has to go first because that's the one that's causing the issue. Then the mm-hmm. body allow it to say what it needs to say. And that's where you start to get the wisdom. That's where you start to realize, hang on a second, I've been pushing myself. I don't even know who I am anymore. I'm a shell of who I used to be. And the body will tell you the truth. The mind will just tell you what it believes and thinks and what it's heard. But the body will tell you what's mm-hmm. going on for you. And that's where the truth is. Then the second stage is acceptance. You've got to accept your situation. If you're fighting where you're at, so if I fought where I was at and went, oh, I'm not accepting it. I'm not accepting that I'm disabled. This is not my life. I would still be disabled. I would still be depressed. Mm -hmm. In fact, I probably wouldn't be here. It's the acceptance of where you're at. You must accept it because if you're resisting it, you will then have the mental chatter of, I want to get out of this. I don't want to be in this situation. And all you focus on is what you don't want. When you accept it, you focus on what you do want. So you've got to get Mm -hmm. to that point Mm -hmm. the resistance around the acceptance part and then you start to build the hope so you start to build the hope inside of yourself and going you know what I have this feeling that I know that on some level a part of me I'm going to get through this and then you start to stack evidence that you're improving so the hope is about looking for evidence where you're improving where you're getting better so you're like oh wow I'm improving my health is getting better I can see like last week I could only walk four steps this week I'm walking six 
and you start to see the things and that's the path that you want to go down and then it goes into belief because you physically start to see that you are getting better you're looking after yourself you're getting out of bed more and then it goes into that knowing where you're actually a sovereign being and you're going I know I'm going to get through this like this is unquestionable now I, I have stacked enough evidence I have less pain I'm less depressed the PTSD has not got a hold on me anymore and you start to know and when you're in that stage you are more powerful than the pain and when you are more powerful than the pain you're no longer feeding it because we feed it mm-hmm. yeah consult it mm-hmm. and that's that's the secret the secret is do not feed the pain do not consult the pain but it takes steps. You don't just wake up one day and go, I'm more powerful than the pain of my life is extraordinary now that I know that. It's a process because we've been indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. Accident, mm-hmm. Purpose, intentional is irrelevant, but we've been indoctrinated to focus on what's not right in our life. Mm-hmm. And we've got to focus on what is right because if, if 1% of your body's not functioning, you're dead. Mm-hmm. One percent. So put it into perspective. Ninety-nine percent. So it's like ninety-nine point eight percent of your body is full. Is not full functioning. Is full functioning. That point two percent is when you're really, really sick. That's when you're almost dying. That's how intelligent and amazing the body is. If ninety-nine percent of your body is functioning and only one percent is not, you'll be dead. But we look at that point two percent. And we focus on that 0.2%, and that's how our health declines so quickly. You've got to focus on the 99.8% that's functioning. My liver is working, my kidneys are working, my spleen is working, my heart is working, and focusing on all the things that are working in your body and not the things that are not so great. And that's the secret behind it is don't mm-hmm. focus on what you don't want, focus on what you want, which goes to the law of attraction. It's no different with your body as it is with the external manifestation. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's the same principle. And then you be and do. You be and do the person that you want to be. And eventually you'll become that person. But you've got to be and do the things that the person who you want to be and who you're becoming before it actually happens. And that's the thing. Most mm-hmm. people are like, well, I'll be able to do those things when the pain is gone. No. You be the person you want to be. You do the things to what you can do without pushing yourself to exhaustion, but you start to show up and be and do the things that you want. And eventually the pain is no longer given any attention and it starts to dissipate because we become addicted to pain. We actually become addicted to it. Our bodies become addicted to producing the hormones and breaking them down. Do you have a desire for fulfillment? Does helping people tap into their own health mentally, emotionally, and physically fire you up? Do you believe in the impact of the gut microbiome on overall wellness? You may be an HWCA coach. For more info on our cutting-edge health coach trainings, visit hwcacoach.com. I think we become addicted to a lot of negative things too, because it becomes comfortable. That's why people just, you know, continue patterns that are unhealthy, whether it be relationships, whether it be um, negativity and the things they talk about or whatever. It's because they've developed a comfort in that they're uncomfortable stepping outside of that because it's not familiar. And it in the subconscious mind is 30,000 times more 
powerful than our conscious mind, which means there's so much at work that we're not aware of. That awareness is how you pull out and you start reprogramming the subconscious because you realize how truly stupid it actually is, that it's just kind of a regurgitator. It's powerful, but it's stupid. So if you can get ahead of it and realize that it is such a, a, you know, it's orchestrating so much in your life, then you can hack it. And that's the point, right? Figure out what's in there. Exactly right. And, And going off the back of what you've just said, a really important lesson that I learned is when you're in chronic pain, you're only probably three to 5% aware of your day and three to 5% aware of what is going on in your emotions. That's the, that's minimal awareness. So the role is to try and get you at least between 10 and 15% aware. Then you break down those habits, those patterns, those thoughts, those beliefs, those structures, because you become more and more aware of them. But if you're only functioning at three to 5% awareness, what the hell is going on the rest of the time? You're useless, you're in pain, you're stupid, you're addicted to painkillers, you're never going to get out of this. Da, 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 da. We become addicted to it and we actually reprogram our brain to become a focal point of pain. So this is what those steps that I was taking you through was there's a part of the brain called the reticular activating system. So you know when you buy a new car, And before you buy the car, you never see the car anywhere. And then you buy the car and the car's everywhere. And you're like, oh, my God, everybody's got this car. Mm -hmm. Had this car. Mm -hmm. That was your reticular activating system. You programmed it to start seeing where your car is. Those cars have always been there. They just weren't in your awareness. Mm -hmm. By taking, say, 20,000 shots a second, and we only process about 100, those 100 are all about pain. I can't do this, I can't do that. You've completely reprogrammed your brain to only see and perceive pain. So we have to rewire it to only see and perceive where you're powerful, where you're strong, where you're able to function, how powerful your body is, how powerful your mind is. And once you get the reticular activating system in a place of power and not in a place of disempowerment, that's when you start to notice. That's why we become addicted. We rewire our brain, our chemicals. It's just a whole host of issues. So no matter what you do, If you've not worked on your reticular activating system, you're straight back in pain again. Thank you for joining us for another empowering episode of Buddha Belly Life. For more information on gut health and mindset resources, visit BuddhaBellyLife.com. And remember, heal yourself and then empower others to do the same.